by several people. How long are, are you going to preach, Brother Brandon? Amen. I, I will be sensitive to the Lord. Amen. But I do have something that's just been burning in my heart, and I want to preach. I feel like this is, uh, this is the time and this is the place for this message. Amen. If you stand with me for the reading of the Word, Second Samuel chapter 12. Amen. I'm so... Uh, I am so appreciative of, of my wife, amen, and my family, and God's doing good things in Monroe City. We're seeing growth, and uh, we're seeing God do great things. Many people has been, lives have been touched, and uh, I tell you, folks, I'm just, I'm just so joyed, amen, to be a part of what God is doing in this last day, amen. God is pouring out a revival. We're seeing it. And I tell you folks, it's, it's just, it just gets better. Amen. I tell you what, every day living for the Lord, it gets sweeter. There's an old song. Amen. And it gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Amen. I tell you, each day living for the Lord is blessings. Amen. If, it's blessings upon blessings. There's some trials. There's some mountains. Yes. But I'm thankful that I know the peace speaker in the storm. I'm thankful that I got the Lord on my side. Amen. That can lead and guide us through that. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 12. And verses 1 through 13, it says this, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that has done this shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. Thou sayest, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover here have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore thou hast despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight, Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. And therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also has put away thy Sin, thou shalt not die. I want to preach for a moment tonight to this youth group. I want to preach, do not forsake the spiritual covering. 
Do not forsake the spiritual covering. Let's pray right now, Lord. I pray, God, right now, Lord, uh, over this tonight, Lord. I pray, God, we have sung songs, Lord. We have danced and shouted in your presence, Lord. And now I pray, uh, God, the most important time, Lord, I pray as your word, God, is delivered. Uh, Lord, as your word is spoken, God, I pray let it not return in void, but God, let it complete the work, Lord, that you would have it to do. God, I just pray, Lord, you would speak to us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just, God, go to every depth of our heart, oh God. Go to every part, Lord, of our mind and our soul. And God, I just pray, Lord, you would help us, Lord, tonight to be changed, Lord, when we leave this place, God. Let us be different, Lord, by your power and by your saving grace. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And you can be saved seated. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to tell just the story, uh, very brief, of our text. Maybe some of you may have not heard this story before, but I want to uh, just give you just a little bit of a groundwork. Bathsheba, uh, David, the Bible tells us that David uh, looked upon Bathsheba and uh, that he went to lie with her, and and this was Uriah's wife, and and uh, David committed this sin, and Bathsheba, uh, she ends up with child, and David uh, makes it his mission, his goal, to cover up his sin so no one finds out about it. Uriah is gone to battle, and so no one is going to believe it that it's her husband's child. Uriah is gone, and so David, he immediately tries to conjure up ways and to cover up this sin. Amen. You know, I, I tell you what, that we come up with some doozies sometime to cover up sin and things that we did wrong, things that, that, um, uh, and mistakes that we made. We come up with some doozies sometimes to cover up that. Amen. And so we will go through great lengths, uh, to, to, uh, to cover up our mistakes. And, and David, David, he was king. Amen. This was, this was King David. This was a, this was a man after God's own heart. And so immediately David starts to try to think about ways to uh, to cover this up so no one finds out about this. And so the first thing that David thought, he said, I know what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to invite Uriah home. This was Bathsheba's husband. I'm going to invite Uriah home from the battle, home for the weekend so, so he can spend the night with his wife Bathsheba. And then when he does, everybody will find out that she's with child and and it's no big deal, right? Everything will be fine. This is a way to cover this up. And uh, boy, that plan went went south. Amen. Uh, Uriah comes home from the battle and and David feeds him, and 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 uh, about the time for everyone to go to sleep, David says, "Okay, Uriah, you have a nice night. Uh, go home to your wife, and I'll see you in the morning." Well, the next day, the Bible tells us in Second Samuel, the next day David wakes up. And his servants tell him that Uriah didn't go home last night. In 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 9 says that Uriah slept at the king's door with the servants. What David didn't know is that Uriah was faithful. He was faithful. Amen. He was faithful. And during battle, you don't go home. Amen. You stay with the king to protect him. 
So when his first plan didn't work, David called for Uriah again. So Uriah, you're doing such a good job on the battle. You're doing such a good job on the on the on the battlefield. And and I tell you what, why don't you just stay here just one more night? You can just go back to the battle tomorrow. Just stay here one more night. And so so David has this plan. And says, you know what? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Uriah drunk. Uh, amen. I'm gonna get him drunk, and and then he's gonna go home to his wife, and everything will be fine. And this sin is gonna be covered up. Wrong. That didn't work again because Uriah was faithful. He said, I'm not going to go home. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to sleep on the king's, at the king's door and I'm not going to go home. And so David got desperate to cover his sin up. Finally, David is thinking and he says, I know what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to write a letter to Joab and, and Joab is at the battle leading the people. He said, Joab, he said, I want you to take Uriah. And he said, I want you to put Uriah at the front of the battle. I want you to take Uriah and I want you to put him at the, at the foremost front of the battle, the, the hottest part of the battle. What David was trying to do is he was trying to get him killed in battle. He thought, man, if I can just make this work, he said, then everything will finally be okay. So sure enough, the Bible tells us that Uriah is killed. A letter comes home to his wife, Bathsheba. She mourns. David asks her to marry him. David thinks, good, now I can finally put all this to rest. Now now this is finally all covered up. It's all over. But here's the thing. There was still sin that had to be dealt with. There was still something that had to be remedied. You see, the more that you cover up sin, the deeper that you get and the more desperate that you get to, to make sure that nobody finds out. My friend, I can tell you tonight that the only way to purge out sin is through repentance. Amen. The only way to purge out sin is with an altar. Amen. It's to come to God and say, I'm sorry. And I tell you, in a moment, God can forgive you. Amen. And He can transform you and set you on a new path. Amen. And so here's the thing. God gave David so many chances to confess. Well, I remember in my life, I can tell you what, God gave me lots of chances to come clean with things I was holding on to. Well, God gave me, I think back, I think, man, look at this opportunity that God gave me. That I could have come clean, I could have repented, I could have made things right. But in my own stubbornness, I just chose just to go a little bit farther. Amen. Take things farther. Take things farther. And pretty soon, my friend, you get so deep in this stuff. Amen. That you've got to come to God and ask for repentance. And so God gave David so many chances to confess his sin. But no. David's just going around and killing people, trying to cover it up. And this guilt that David felt was deep. Look at, look at the book of Psalms. I mean, there's several chapters that David wrote that talks about this. This guilt that David felt down deep was so much to carry. Can you just imagine David and the, and the guilt that he carried? Now, now blood is on his hands. Uh, it started off with just a simple thing of trying to cover it up, but now blood's, now he, now, now he had Uriah killed, and so now he's dealing with that. You can read about it in the book of Psalms. David said, this guilt that I have, he said, I have a hard time even eating. And he said, when I do, he said, nothing even tastes good no more. He said, I've got this on my conscience. Uh, He said, I can't sleep because I'm carrying around this sin. 
And finally, when David is not willing to confess, God gave him chances after chances. But finally, David is not willing to confess and not willing to come to repentance. The prophet Nathan shows up. You see, here's this. You see, if God cannot get you to confess your sin, he has one more card that he can play. He'll send a pastor to your front door. Come on, he'll give you chances and chances to come clean with stuff. And pretty soon, he's going to send the pastor to your front door. Amen. Let me just tell you. Amen. you got to be careful, my friend. You, you, you know that there's repentance. Uh, know that there's an altar. Know that if there's anything that you're carrying, amen, that you can come clean. Can I get you all to do me a favor? Could you all, you guys are fine, but could you all just move right there so I can, is that okay? So I can just kind of see you, amen, praise the Lord. Amen. Huh? No, I got one track mind, squirrel. Amen. Praise God, sit right there. Amen, praise God. And so here's the thing. And so, because if you don't come clean, God's going to send your pastor to your front door. And I tell you something tonight, I thank God that I have a pastor. That when I wasn't living right, God spoke to him to come to me. Where would we be without a man of God that's not afraid to step on our toes? Where would we be without a man of God that's not afraid to come to us with something? Amen. That's not afraid to call us out on something. Where would we be without a man of God? I tell you where we would be, we'd be lost. We'd be lost without the shepherd. We would be lost without the spiritual covering. Never forsake uh, the spiritual covering. Thank God for the spiritual authority on our lives. I'm thankful for a pastor that loves us and cares for our soul. Do not forsake uh, the spiritual covering. It is there to protect you, young person. It is there to keep you. Amen. It is there to help you and to guide you. I'm going to go just a little step further with this. If you can't show your phone to your pastor, you've got some things that, that you got to ask God to help you with. I got three amens out of that. If you can't give him your phone right now, my friend, you've got to pray that God helps you and that God can deliver that from you because you, there should be nothing that you're trying to hide and nothing that you're trying to cover up, my friend. You've got to come clean with some stuff because he's there for a spiritual covering over you. Do not forsake the spiritual covering that's over your life. There are people today that are just comfortable with the preacher. That's all they want. They want a preacher just to preach to them the good things they want to hear. They want a preacher just to say, oh, how good they're doing and how good things are. They want a preacher that just can give them. My friend, we need a pastor, not a preacher. I thank God that I've got a pastor. Amen. That's not afraid to tell me when I've done things wrong. I thank God. Listen to me. I've been in his office on the good things and I've been in the bad things. But I'm thankful for the bad things because you know what? It teaches me. It helps me. And it gets me back to where we need to be. Man, someone say praise the Lord. I want something, I want someone that will tell me when I'm doing wrong. 
because here's the thing, not just preaching the easy stuff and the feel good stuff, but I want a preacher. I want a preacher that'll preach conviction out of my soul because if I'm not convicted, then I'll never be changed. Amen. If I'm not convicted on stuff, then I'll never change it. Amen. If there's, if there's ever something that I feel, you know what? I've walked out of this place thinking I've got to change that. Man, he was, you know what? There's sometimes when we come to church, we say, my goodness, how'd he read, how'd he read my mail? Who told him about that? That's what you want to do. Who told him about that? Amen. Folks, he prays for your soul. Amen. I thank God the times that the Holy Ghost spoke to him. Amen. And then come to me on things. I'm thankful for the spiritual authority that we have in this church. And I'm thankful for the covering that I have over my life. Amen. I'm thankful for it. Don't forsake the spiritual covering. And here's the thing. You know what? I think that when Nathan showed up and Nathan said, you're the one, David. I think after that, David was a probably a little relieved, honestly. Oh, it's finally out. Do you remember when you had sin in your life and you come to the altar? You remember when you come to the altar, you had things in your life that you needed God to take care of? Man, what a relief it was when you finally came to repentance. And God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, my goodness. How good that felt to finally be forgiven. Amen. How good that felt. Amen. That your sins are washed away. How good that it felt. And you know what? I could probably, David was probably a little relieved. Amen. That now things are out. Now we can get on with things. Amen. And so, and, and here's the thing. You can read about his repentance in Psalm 51. It's quite moving, actually. Read about it in Psalm 51. He wrote about his repentance. Sometimes it takes a preacher. It takes a pastor to, be, to bestow that spiritual covering on us. Uh, all of us need a Nathan that will confront us when things aren't right. Uh, when we're close to the edge uh, and about to fall off. We need somebody to pull us up. Amen. Thank God for the Nathan in your life. That's, that's not afraid to tell you when you're wrong. Amen. <laughs> God gave him so many chances. But here's the thing. God had plans for him. And David was going to mess it up with the sin. He had a plan. God had a plan in the kingdom for him to rule. And David had this sin. And he was trying to wreck it. And God said, if I can't get you to confess, I'm going to send the pastor. I thank God for the spiritual covering, my friend. I thank God for that covering over life. It helps us and it guides us and it brings us to where we need to be. He was a man after God's own heart. He was anointed by a prophet, by Samuel. And now God said, I'm going to send a prophet to you. David, you're not going to mess this up. Amen. I want you to come clean, David. And Nathan tells him the story. Just like what a pastor would do. Tells you a story. Man, you start getting sweaty. You start getting nervous. Amen. When pastor says, I need to talk to you. And oh, man, what did I do now? Amen. But David's finally, look what David said. He finally confessed. He said, Nathan, he said, I've sinned against the Lord. 
And Nathan said, right you have, David. But here's the thing. There's good news for you, David. Your sins are going to be blotted out. And you're not going to die. God's going to give you another chance. Can I tell you something? I'm looking out here in this youth group. And I see preachers. I see ministers. I see Sunday school teachers. I see great men of God in this youth group. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. If you stay close to that man of God, you'll never go wrong. If you submit yourself to that spiritual authority, you'll never go wrong. I thank God for the leader in my life. I thank God for a pastor. Thank God for a pastor. It takes a pastor to bestow that covering. Luke chapter 15, verses 4 through 10. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. It's that one lost sheep. It's that one lost sheep that comes back to the Lord. It's that one lost sheep that comes back to an altar. If that's, it's that one lost sheep that comes back and asks God to forgive them. It's that one lost sheep, my friend, that makes all of the difference. He goes on in verse 8 and says, Either either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I had a pastor that looked for me. When I was lost, I'm going to tell you something. You're looking at someone. I wasn't always in church. I was raised in church, yes. But I strayed away for a while. And But you know what? I'm thankful that the pastor never gave up on me. And he had never stopped praying for me. Amen. When I was lost, he tried to find me. I'm so thankful for that. Let me tell you something, young person. When you are struggling, and when you're trying to figure out life. There's a man of God that understands. God gave you a pastor in your life that you can go to with any problem. You don't have to do things on your own. Let him cover you in prayer and let him pray for you. I don't care what decision that you're getting ready to make. Take time to consult your pastor first. There are times that my pastor told me stuff that I didn't want to hear but thank God I listened because it grew me. It grew me spiritually and it helped me of who I am today. I thank God that the pastor looks out for me. I promise you this. I promise you this. That when you're not in church, he says, I wonder where so-and-so is. You know why? He taught me to do the same thing. I do in Monroe City. When I see someone don't show up, I say, ah, I got to text them. I got to find out where they're at, how they're doing. And you know what? That makes all the difference in the world. When you know that you've got a pastor that is looking for you. Brother Brian Parkey, I believe it was... 
I believe it was him, brother. But Brother Brian Parkey, I believe, in a church planting seminar down in St. Louis, uh, he said this. He said these words. He said, he said, there's nothing more. He said, there's more. He said, what's more to being lost is have something, someone not looking for you. That's worse than being lost. What is worse than being lost is have someone that is not looking for you. My friend, I'm going to tell you, we got a man of God that looks out for us. That when we're not here, he wonders where we're at. And I'm thankful that he watches out for us. I'm thankful for a pastor. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. If you've been in Pentecost any time, half of it's right there on the top of the baptistry. Now when they heard this, heard what? The preaching. They heard the preaching. Who was the preacher? Peter. Peter was preaching. He was the pastor at the time. He was preaching. And so now when they heard this, the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Oh, and then Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the mission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But look at this in verse 41. They that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Thank God for the preacher that will preach Acts 2.38. Thank God for the preacher that'll preach one God. Thank God for a preacher that'll that'll pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God for a pastor that preaches salvation. Do you remember the night that pastor that a pastor preached to you and that was the night that you came to Jesus? I know the night, Brother Jeff and Sister Brad. Amen. Do you remember the night that a pastor preached to you about salvation? About Acts 2.38. And that night you came to an altar and you gave your life to the Lord. You were baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost. There are many here because of somebody preached Acts 2.38 to you. There, you're here because there was somebody, a pastor preached the, the salvation, amen, message to you. You are here still because of that spiritual covering. Someone say praise the Lord. And here's the thing that what I love most about a pastor, a pastor accent is that I have someone that understands what I'm going through. Never condemns, but never condemns, but is always there to help. And I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that, that we've got the opportunity to pastor a daughter work. You know why? Because here's the thing. I've got somebody that I can go to. Do you know what? I serve as director for the, for the section 11 name board. Can I tell you something, my friend? There are pastors that have to go through things themselves. There are pastors, amen, that, that, you know, they can't ask questions always, amen. But I'm thankful that I can go to pastor action. You know why? Because he's lived it. This was a home missions church. This used to be a church of six, and now it's a church of 106, and more than that. Because he's lived it. He's went through what we're going through over in Monroe City. Can I be transparent with you? There are some times that my wife and I wake up on a Sunday morning and say, I don't want to do this. You're the pastor. Well, I'm also flesh. 
But there's some times that we don't want to do this. Amen. But I'm thankful that I remember my pastor. Amen. That he's been through what I'm going through. Amen. And there are many more things that, that we're going to experience that pastor's been through. And so whenever those questions arise, I can go to him, pastor. I've got this. I've got this. Amen. When we went through our first time of someone leaving, man, I tell you what, I was, I was heartbroken, man. I was, I was praying. I was speaking in tongues all over. I said, Lord, I don't know what you're doing here, but this is not the way I build a church. Guess what I did? I called him. Pastor, here's the situation. And you know what? Everything was positive. He said, Brother Brandon, you're going to get through this. This is how you build a church. This is how you grow. You're going to get through this. I'm thankful that I've got someone with knowing that I can go to. Amen. That understands. I'm thankful that i got someone that I can talk to. Amen. That'll watch out for my soul. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. If I can have the music come, please. Amen. You might say, Brother Brandon, there's things that I've been through. But the pastor doesn't understand because he's not been through it. Just because he may not have experienced it directly doesn't mean that he don't understand it. I think back several years, several years before I become even a youth leader. I had just started going back to church. And we were over here. In the fellowship hall, where the fellowship hall is now, that's where our church was. I remember that I was going through some things in my life. Some tough things in my life. I'm not going to get through all the details, but I was going through a very difficult situation in my life. It felt like that my whole world that I had built up was coming crashing down. And the Sunday afternoon, I called Brother Axton. I said, Pastor, I said, I need to talk to you. I said, can I come early? You see, I had a, I was a truck driver back then. And so I typically left uh, after church. Thank, thank God that God worked it out so I can do that. I was home on Fridays and then I could leave. As long as I left by Sunday evening and drove to St. Louis, I'd be, I'd be fine for the week. And so God made it available so I can come to church. And so I called Pastor. I said, I, I, I need to talk to you. And I was trying to hold back the tears on the phone. I was trying to hold back. I said, I need to come talk to you. He said, yeah, sure, come. Um, so I, I showed up early before Sunday night service, and I went to his office. I was, I was broken. Everything that I had built up, it felt like it was, I didn't know what God was doing. I had just got back in church. I had just, I had just made, made a decision to get my life right with God again. And here I felt like that. I thought, man, what is this? I make a choice to come back to church and now all this stuff, my whole world, Sister Debbie has come crashing down. I walked into pastor's office. I walked in and I sat down. And I began to tell pastor the story. I began to tell him what I was going through and the situation that I was experiencing. And as, as I began to tell him tears, Began to flow down his face. And he said, Brother Brandon, he said, God gave me a dream. The other night, he said, the same thing that you're going through. He said, God gave me a dream. 
And he said, for a moment, he said, I felt your pain. He began to weep and cry. I began to weep and cry. Two grown men in the office crying. He didn't have a candy jar back then, so it was just us and crying. There was no candy to be experienced in this office. But we were crying and we were weeping. He said, he said, I experienced. He said, for a moment, he said, God allowed me to feel your pain, what you're going through. And as I sat in his office, we began to talk about how to fix what to do going forward. We discussed it. We looked at the Bible. We prayed about it and made a decision. Let me tell you something. The pain that I was experiencing, and I'm going to be honest with you right now, the pain that I was experiencing, I was ready to give up life. I was ready to, I, I didn't, I didn't want to go home because my world was crashing down. But I'm thankful that his name kept coming to my memory. And I picked the phone up. I said, I need to talk to you. I didn't, I didn't know he would, I didn't know what the dream, I didn't know any of that. I thought, I don't know if he, if he's gonna even know what I'm going through, but I'm gonna give it a chance. He did. Because God allowed him to have a dream. You know what that is? That's a spiritual covering right there. Don't forsake the spiritual covering that's hovering over your life because it comes from that man over there that prays constantly for your soul. Youth, wherever you go, wherever life takes you, remember your pastor. He's not just a preacher, but he's your friend. And let me tell you something. Sometime he is the only friend that you have. This happened to me so many times in my life, Sister Debbie, that my friend's didn't really understand what I was going through. Some of them did, yes, because they experienced those things. And you know what their answer was to my pain? You know what their answer was to what I was going through? Their answer was one more cigarette. Their answer was one more drink. Their answer was a night out on the town. But I didn't need that. I didn't need another drink. I didn't need another cigarette. I needed a pastor to come to me and say, let's see what the Bible says about it. That's what I needed because the pain that I was going through, a drink wouldn't cover it up. The pain that I was experiencing, alcohol wouldn't fix it. The drugs wouldn't fix it. I needed a pastor. I needed a pastor. And I don't care whatever time it was that I would call that man. Whatever time it was I would call on the other end would be, Hello? Whatever time it was that I needed something, I knew that I could depend on my pastor. Young person, I'm going to tell you something. You submit yourself to this man over here. You submit yourself to spiritual authority. Don't you have an attitude that says no one's going to know what to do? If you've got that kind of attitude, my friend, you're going to end up lost. You've got to submit yourself to spiritual authority. Don't be afraid of a pastor telling you when something's wrong. Don't be afraid of a pastor correcting you because if you take, if you can't take correction, my friend, you're going to be lost in this world. But you need a pastor that's going to speak into your life. You need a pastor that's going to speak into your life. 
I'm going to tell you something right now. And I feel this in the Holy Ghost. That our youth, the best things are ahead for our youth. But along with that, can I tell you something? It's some of the toughest things that they're going to experience. You know why? Because we're living in a world that don't care about moral standards. We're living in a world that don't care what the Bible says. We're living in a world where Bible prophecies are coming to pass and they're coming to truth. We're living in a world that what bad is now good and what good is now bad. We need a youth group that's going to stand up and say, I'm going to fight. We need a youth group that's going to stand up and say, I'm going to keep going. Amen. I know all hell might be against me. But as long as I have my pastor, as long as I got the man of God, I know I'm not going to be lost. I know I'm going to make it to heaven if I stay close to my pastor, if I submit myself to spiritual authority. Won't we all stand in this place right now? Won't we all stand right now all over this sanctuary? I feel the Holy Ghost and I in this place. I wonder if there's some youth group. I wonder if there's some young men and young ladies that will come forward right now and say, I'm going to stand with my pastor. Once come forward. Young ladies, young men, youth group, come on. Once come forward. Say, I'm going to stand with my pastor. And I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to stand firm in my faith. I'm not going to give up. As long as i got that spiritual covering over me, I know I'm going to experience temptations. I know I'm going to experience faith. But God will keep me and God will cover me as long as I stay close to the spiritual authority. As long as I stay close to, to that covering all over this place right now. Amen. Anyone else? Y'all can come forward to. Come on forward. Amen. Anyone else come and pray? Come on forward. And let's all gather up front here and pray. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> come on. If you need to repent, this is the place to do it. Uh, there's an altar up here. If you need to ask God to forgive you, there's an altar up here. Won't you find a place to pray? Won't you find a place to seek God? Won't you find a place? Uh, Young person, let me tell you something. When you are all asleep in your nice cozy bed, just know this. You've got a pastor. You've got youth leaders that are praying for you. Amen. You've got youth leaders that are trusting God for you. You've got youth leaders and a pastor that's covering you, that's interceding heaven for you. When you lay your head on that pillow at night time, just know that your pastor, that your youth leader's got your back. Just know that they got your back. You're going to make it. Come on, folks. We're going to see heaven someday. This is a time to get serious before God. It's not the time to play church anymore, but it's time to get serious. Every other voice is still 
Every heart leans in until you speak like only you can speak. And everything we're longing for, the presence of the living God breathe like only you can breathe. So come and fill this room, anything apart from you, let it fall away, let it fall away. If it's not what you want to do, anything apart from you, let it fall away, let it fall away. Come and fill this room, anything apart from you, let it fall away, let it fall away. If it's not what you want to do, anything apart from you, let it fall away, let it fall away. Every heart is open wide as your name is lifted high here. God, we know you're here. And everything we're longing for, the presence of the living God, breathe like only you can breathe. So come and fill this room, anything apart from you, let it fall away, let it fall away, if it's not what you want to apart from you let it fall away let it fall away come and fill this room anything apart from you let it fall away let it fall away if it's not what you want to do Anything apart from you, let it fall away, let it fall away. So move like only you can move. So move, cause all we want is you. So move like only you can move. So move, cause all we want is you. So move like only you can move. So move, cause all we want is you. So move.
Everything but you 